0: Just I'll take a pain, I'll take a pain, i take away the pain I smoke a lot of good smoke a lot of Thinking I could blow away some pain I'm sipping cold. cold Wishing I could slow down pain. I'm trying to search- Hello, 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 and welcome back to Overly Medicated with Justin and Mark. Uh, This is the uh, show that that gets you very euphoric with HBO's Euphoria. Uh, Thank you guys so much for for the reception to the show last week. I I feel as though we did the world a a great justice talking about this show. It feels like a lot of people want to talk about Euphoria. How did you feel about the reception, Mark?
1: I thought it was really good, not only did it look like there were many people that uh, loved the fact that we are talking about euphoria from a podcast perspective, it put people on the show. So that's one thing that I was very um, happy to know that all the talking that we had for episode one and episode two last week, uh, put, a lot, put a lot of people on the show. So that's good.
0: Yeah, it it is uh, it's a it is. I mean, you know, it, it's a show that everyone talks about. I mean, I saw the chatter on Twitter, even with uh, free agency going on, like euphoria is still like dominated my timeline tonight when it's we you know when when the show was airing.
1: Mm. It's done. It's done. It's done. Really good. The the acting has really spoke for itself. Um, we've talked about all the imagery, the cinematography, everything that has made Euphoria what it is as of right now. And episode three, what we are going to talk about this week, does a very good job of furthering a lot of storylines and putting certain. Areas into perspective as we get
0: deeper down the road, but um, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Uh, episode three, of course, uh, the aptly named uh, made you look uh, in a lot of ways. Very very true. This episode, a lot a lot of looking going on. Um, mm. I I do think that this episode, as as you just said, Mark, was a lot of uh, build up for episode four, which seems to be it's the halfway point of the season. Uh, but it seems to be you know, you don't ever want to get a show where it's like spinning its wheels. I feel, I I felt this episode in a lot of ways spun its wheels for a couple of characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it put in perspective what we're preparing for. And that is the fallout of what's going to happen between Rue, uh, Jules and Nate, of course. And I think of course the fallout of that is going to kind of affect everyone because the the storylines all intertwined into this one or or intersected into this one uh, on this episode. But again, uh, I, I have to say, like even even with the the singular focus of those up of, of those characters, um, a lot of great performances on this episode. Jesus, good God, Jules and uh Jules and Rue. I'm sorry, Zendaya. Uh, you know, excellent in this episode. I think she's been really killing it.
1: Yeah, Hunter Schafer still very very well. That is the character of of Jules that many people who watch Euphoria have been tied into just her relationship with Zendaya, um, and Rue as well, and all the other characters that are in here. You, the, the the producers and the writers do a very good job of telling many different stories in between these type of areas, because, again, like you said, all of these different types of things intertwine, uh, whether it's friendship wise, relationship wise, um, certain small things that you catch in between certain areas uh, between episode three. And they've done a good job of doing that. But at the end, you start realizing that they stay pretty true to what the uh, grand picture of Euphoria is going to be. And that is mainly the relationship between Rue and Jules.
0: Absolutely. So let's get right into it. Episode Uh, two of overly medicated episode three of uh, euphoria starts off with cat. And I I do, I have to say if they're going to continue this, this uh, Rue as a narrator uh, thing, even though there are moments in this, on the show today, uh, there are a couple of moments where uh, Rue is an unreliable narrator. Once again, Mark, did you catch a couple of those (laughs) Uh, today? Yeah. On this episode,
1: when she told, when she started going into detail about Kat's summer that she had when she was a child and going, into Jamaica, Well, being on vacation in Jamaica, uh, being with her family and being so enamored with uh, Virgin Pina Coladas and that being the main source of her weight gain when she came back to school. Um, I thought I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I'm not positive how I felt of Rue being the narrator of that, yeah. but um, it was it was a story that we could use from Kat to show pretty pretty much the different types of things that Kat has been in her life to make her what she is before everything that had happened of her getting pressure to have sex in general, as well as the sex tape leaking in episode two.
0: Yeah, uh, and of course, we're going to start this show off today with talking about her storyline. And in in, ter- in terms of, of Rue as a narrator, I, I do agree with you there, Mark, but also like there's a part where uh, I think Jules says that she's like jealous and Rue like kind of cuts in in the narration and says, no, I wasn't. I was like,
1: no, 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 no. I was like, all right, that's cat. That's, that's, that's Auto Cap. <laughs> we can see it immediately. We saw it last week when she was yeah. stuck with Jules and um, she had that conversation with her before uh, she went off bike riding and Jules has done such a good job of just I, I will say her talk game is on point. Her yeah. talk game is very on point with Rue, and you can see it very well in episode three because anything that Jewel says, Rue is literally hanging off the, pretty much hanging off her finger.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but for Cat, um, again, we we get a really visually amazing anime section in the first 10 minutes of this show, pretty much reminding you and everyone in the first 10 minutes of these shows, every single episode, why kids should not be watching this show. This is not like, again, <laughs> I said this in the first episode. This show is not for kids. It is for us. It yeah. is for adults to to kind of enlighten you on what's really going on or what you think is going on. You know, you, this may play to a lot of the things you think are going on or things that you, you don't think are going on or, or could be going on. But yeah, it, it is a, a wild uh, Jonas was it the Jonas Brothers? It was Jonas Brothers, right? Harry Styles was that Ian? Was that with? That uh, was one? one Direction. One Direction, yeah. I'm sorry, I get all those motherfuckers mixed up uh, between Harry Styles. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on on this uh, on her fan from Cat's fan fiction as a child on what the the uh, gay sex of uh, One Direction members?
1: I thought it was pretty cool just telling the story of the popular teenager that is mainly popular online, and they bring up the fact that Cat. Had a very big following on Tumblr. Everything she, everything that she did with her um, storytelling and pretty much her 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 porn related stories that she put on Tumblr got her a lot of fanfare and a lot of, I guess you would say, followers, fans that um, hyped her up, made her feel really good about herself. Online and her character online, essentially, because I'm sure in between that, as she has her Tumblr, she's probably not showing too much of her face um, if she's doing these forms of storytelling that she's doing on Tumblr. But in real life, it's pretty much the absolute opposite of the adoration that she gets on tumblr she's very frustrated with school her friends um any of the peer pressure that we had seen in general from episode one and episode two those have affected her in ways that you know sometimes she wishes that she could have the friends that she has online that hype her up and make her feel good but she does not she is with um cassie and maddie and those are the friends that she has day to day
0: I need a BB story. I need <laughs> a BB
1: story. <laughs> I've appreciated just BB being on. I just appreciated BB just being on the side. A nice little one. A nice little <laughs> one-liner. I don't think we need to go too deep into BB
0: story. Uh, is Cat's Tumblr obsession? Is that? So, I mean, you were, you were really big on Tumblr. You know, when when you and I became friends, that was one of your first things that you and I talked about uh, yeah. at length. What was Tumblr? Is this kind of like true to life? As far as just like how that type of admiration makes people feel.
1: There were many cats on Tumblr. I must say. I don't remember following too many that were creating porn related stories of this nature but it is a story that you more than likely see if you're on these types of blogs you know the 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 fact that um the followers and the fans that you receive at that time can make you feel so much better than what is going on in your real life sometimes you wish that you could switch up those types of
0: scenarios yeah yeah, it, it, it's I just thought it was cool that they kind of, you know, brought in a very um because, you know, these stories used to be like my space. You know, it's like MySpace obsession. Now it's like Tumblr obsession. It's like that. That's cool. They brought that in. Uh, Throughout Kat's storyline, this episode, you see her learn how to use Bitcoin. You see a continuation from her storyline from the previous episode of her, you know, getting into cam work. She starts seeing all types of fetishes and kind of like being like, oh, people like feet fetish and, you know, humiliation fetishes and all this type of stuff. And it's like she's getting a crash course. Into just how depraved the internet is, uh, to a point where she gets her first Skype from uh <laughs> from her her first admirer on the internet. Uh, yeah, this is a very prolonged scene uh, in in the in this show. So uh, I I mean, how did you feel watching this? I I couldn't. You know, there's a there's a small penis on the screen for ten minutes there.
1: Yes, yeah, so that is a fair warning. Um, it hasn't. It, it wasn't as. It's a little bit different than episode two was episode two there was of course the graphic that we had that we had seen from there but episode three does a very good job in focusing into getting you a little bit uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. it's a it's a good point it's a good point to that because again you have cat who is still not a hundred percent all in with all of the kinks and things like that that she is now going to encounter (laughs) <laughs> uh, being being online like this, but she gets into the uh, Skype session. Well, at f- first she almost even forgets. She has to rush. She said the guy says that he's about to call her in five minutes. She's like, "Oh shit!" puts on, puts on all of her stuff, hides all of her photos to make sure that nothing is able to be seen personally from her. Puts on her mask, gets on, and the guy is there, and it's this repulsive.
0: It's wrestling Twitter. It's wrestling Twitter. It's, it's, a, guy it's, it's, wrestling. it's a guy from wrestling Twitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he's there, no shirt, and it's just quiet. And he is this and he and he introduces himself and already you feel the discomfort. Yeah. He goes into how um he goes into how happy he is to see her in general, he gives her a fair warning that he is a little bit of an odd character. He has some weird fetishes. And from that, he says, I'm going to show you something. I was surprised for you. I'm going to show you something. And pulls down his pants, and we see pulls out uh well yeah pretty much pulls out and sees what we see and and at first cat is is just like literally laughing like 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 literally laughing she's shocked and that becomes one of his fetishes and because of that you get the scenario you get the part of the scene where he literally starts masturbating and says to continue it's
0: it's It's really explicit too yeah if you if you turn
1: your head i don't blame you if you turn your head i don't blame you
0: yeah, I mean I mean, essentially he, he tells her to keep laughing at him, keep embarrassing him, keep humiliating him. And she does, and you know, if he cheats or or does something else, which I'm I'm guessing he probably masturbates or uh can't like, you know, does a, a Skype chat with someone else, he's yeah. cheating and he owes oh, so he he pays Kat a fine. We see throughout the episode he pays her uh, upwards of two hundred dollars, which becomes one hundred and sixty dollars after she <laughs> has to pay out <laughs> Fezco and crew. Uh, and you know that that is essentially the totality t- the totality of her uh, storyline this episode. But it all ends positively with her becoming more confident. You know, it, she she gets a a whole new makeover, a whole new wardrobe. Her mom was like, "What in the fuck is going on?" Yeah, her mom here? was even
1: stunned. <laughs> yeah, her mom was even stunned.
0: <laughs> it was. I mean, her mom even didn't even like think about like why are you. Taking video of your feet, like I was thinking, like man, I I need to protect my daughter, bro. Yeah,
1: she was like, "All right, you can take photos of your toes a little bit later. It's time to have dinner." Didn't even didn't, even, didn't even fucking know that she's about to sell these feet pics for like fifty dollars.
0: Yeah, shit is oh man, it, it super super crazy. But it was it was a jug. It's the first example of the jugs that happen in mm. uh, Euphoria. That, that's a that's a huge jug. Uh, this episode. I want I wanted to just get through this next storyline thread because I don't think anything in this episode. And I'm going from like most or or at least to most. McKay and Cassie, what what happened here? I I think that I thought, really thought we were going to go somewhere with these two um, on this episode, and we don't really get much from them at all.
1: So, Cassie is introduced in episode three at the lunch table. Uh, Kat had finalized what she was doing in class, and I believe that is where she originally got introduced to um, the guy that she. Uh, met on Skype. And at this time, he's trying to set up the Skype session. He's even trying to bargain with her and, and, and state, hey, I'll give you $50. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says no. He goes up to 100 and things like that. So in between that time that Kat is at the lunch table um, having this conversation, you have the conversation between Maddie and Cassie. And that is where Cassie is introduced, where uh, they are having brief conversation. And she is about to go meet up with McKay for the weekend. And this is going to be McKay's introduction to frat life. And he's yeah. about to bring her to her first frat party and his first frat party as well. But more importantly for McKay, this is his introduction into the frat. So Cassie is here to be very supportive and, of course, enjoy her first taste of college life.
0: Yeah, uh, very. Uh, some interesting things to note. All white frat. Uh, All white all white uh they have these guys chugging four fucking locos i i typed out really in really big lettering green uh then i said this college party green yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty much cassie kind of you know she's kind of standing off it you know almost afraid almost almost like nervous to see what's going on there's a lot of f words f bombs being thrown around in this party as well mckay um, almost to me seems as though he's in over his head in college almost right the four locos
1: scene had me like, "Oh God, he's about to die. He's about <laughs> to fucking die." And I thought Cassie was gonna be like, "Oh, you're chugging four Locos? nigga, let's go. Let's get out of here."
0: But she was, she was, she was completely supportive. Yeah, I mean, she she ended up drinking the fucking goldfish out of the glass. I mean,
1: yeah, when she took the shot of goldfish when mckay was like i don't know about this and i'm sure anything that would have happened after that was like oh you want to do this goldfish all right let's brand you let's do whatever weird stuff that happens in those types of frats when i guess you don't do what the um direction is they strip the, yeah they got st- the first dude got stripped for not finishing his four loco and i would not like to see what they would have done with mckay but casting made him feel a lot more comfortable they took the shot together. They continued with the rest of the party and I think ended up fucking on a sink.
0: Yeah, they did. And uh, he takes her home. Um, again, not much moving on the storyline. Again, I, like I said, my, my big issue with the episode is that they kind of set up these great story threads last episode where it was like, okay, can't wait for this to happen next episode. And then nothing really happens. I think we see even less of Nate after his huge storyline last uh, episode where, you know, you, you see the intersection of him. He lies to Maddie in the car. After mm-hmm. he, throughout the whole episode uh he's been texting jules throughout the whole episode incessantly like these two like again we, we brought it up earlier i guess we get to it now since nate doesn't really have a thread this episode yeah jules is taught game incredible bro. my
1: there's, nigga there's, jules
0: there's one part where jules where he's where like where nate slash tyler which he, he says that's his name to her mm-hmm. uh, he says uh i'm not gay and she says, well, you met on a gay, a gay website. And Tyler was like, damn, she got, or Knight was like, damn, she got me, bro.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> he tried to flip it. <laughs>
0: he was like, damn, she got me, bro. I don't even know. Like, how did he even try and play that?
1: He you know, was like, well, yeah, I am talking to a beautiful girl or something like that. And she was, like, she was probably like, this, this is a weak-ass game. And she was like, oh, you're going to make me blush
0: one thing that one one thing that was not smooth with uh Nate this episode is when he's in the car with Maddie phone's going off he says, "It's my dad and first,
1: like, oh. first off, that's how I know Nate's got no game d n d please d n d how are you not riding with Maddie and you're not on d n d
0: or 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 just fuck like shit yeah, exactly like phone phone vibrating
1: like crazy like twenty <laughs> different vibrations. he's just staring at the phone and he's just continuing.
0: Popping up, jumping out today. <laughs> she's like, Yo, who's texting you? <laughs> oh, he's like, Oh, it's my dad. It's, it's my like, dad. But then Maddie says, Which cu- kind of leads into uh, what happens later on the episode, when she says, I'll answer it for you. And he's just like, Oh, no, no, no. I was like, Hold on a
1: second. He's like, No, 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 no. Puts it under his lap and keeps driving. And I'm like, Okay, I
0: mean, okay, sure, whatever. So, the you know, things go on. They go down. And there's a scene where he and Maddie are having sex, and you know we're gonna get to this in in, in the next thread. But uh, Nate has been sending Jules some things, but we get to see what's really in Nate's phone when Maddie goes to the phone. She has his password, man. How you mm-hmm. feel? About that? How you feel about that? Uh
1: it's expected. Again, Nate, no game. I'm, he already. She already has the pa- She has the password. The actual password. You gotta keep that. You gotta keep that on lock. Yeah. got to keep that on lock, and he, and he does not. But that is the dangerous game that Nate is trying to play in this scenario. You're still dealing with Maddie, but you are setting up something very big with jewels as of right now. And apparently, just doesn't give a fuck to hold to, to hide all that. And at first, when Maddie was going to the throne, I was like, okay, maybe he has everything set up well enough that he's making it discreet. Because she goes through his Instagram, goes to his DMs, finds something.
0: Yeah, those through other apps on his phone must have the app well hidden, or he deleted yeah. it or something.
1: Yeah, it must have in like some random folder because she went through his Instagram DMs, she went through other DMs, found absolutely nothing. She didn't find anything until she actually went to the camera app, scrolled all the way up, and found um, the pics that he not, was sending
0: the jewels. Not only his though, there that was the not the only one that he was sending. ah. There were numerous he had other people's in his phone as well, which caused, you know, it gave Maddie an existential crisis, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> if her boyfriend uh was homosexual and she, this intersects with Kat's storyline where Matt, Maddie does tell Kat what she found. We don't know the outcome of that storyline yet, but I do think that this is, this is all setting up for the collision course. Uh, that's the calm between all of these characters, where it, you know this is a very wicked, wicked web that this show is setting up right now and and I'm very afraid for what's gonna happen <laughs> next here
1: and the one thing that i the one small thing that I actually appreciate, especially in that scene is just the 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 key to staying within the teenage lingo because when Maddie is about to tell catchs he's just like. You bet, I swear, you better not fucking tell anybody. I'm like, this is just, <laughs> this is just such, this is just such teenage lingo. Because you know, it's something's about to drop or something's about to leak once once this happens.
0: Yeah, as soon as they say "don't tell," oh, best believe it's getting fucking told. Uh, um, I mean, again, another another storyline uh thread this this episode that didn't really go anywhere for me there was a bunch of again it was spinning its wheels like we, don't, we barely see nate in this episode at all other than uh the text that he keeps you know the, i really did like these the uh relationship with he and jules continuing with the framing of them uh and split uh mm-hmm. on the i thought that five minute stretch was really really great between their attacks and stuff like that and it seems genuine but you also question how genuine nate is here um you're, you're still not sure like you, you can tell he feels something but i knowing what he did last episode, I'm not sure what the fuck he is exactly feeling here.
1: Exactly. I'd, I'd feel pretty bad if this was all just fodder and, and, and just uh, a type of thing where Nate is pretty much just fishing and trying to catch jewels in the situation. But from the conversations that he has and the, 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 areas that he is interested in as far as talking to Jules makes me think that this is very genuine. Um, you'll see the conversations that Nate and Jules have in between these text threads, one of which being really the first thing that we learn or hear in general, as far as bringing up, um, Jules being trans is the fact that he asks her through the text thread, um, when did you begin transitioning? And at first, she was a little bit hesitant at the question. Uh, he immediately apologized and said, I, I, "I'm not sure if this was a, a a bad topic or a bad thing to bring up." And no, she said, "She said no, it's cool," and just continued with the conversation. So the conversations that they have had in between that time becomes very genuine, and of course, Jules becomes even more and more interested in talking to Shy Guy 118. And from that, you get their first question about seeing each other in real life. And Jules is very happy. She wants to bring it up and eventually ends up bringing it up to Rue. But in between these text threads that you see between Nate and Jules, you see on the side the side eyes of everybody that is hanging out with Nate and Jules and they don't really receive too much conversation from them because they are so deep into their text thread. And because of that, Rue becomes very, very irritable.
0: Yeah. And, and Rue being irritable is, it's all, it's always a thing in the show, but this episode more than anything, she becomes very irritable. But before we get to Rue, there is also a scene I want to talk about where where she sits in class. Obviously Nate knows who he's talking to. Um, But again, that scene where they're in class and he looks at her, that shit kind of is frightening almost in a way. It's
1: still its still eerie. It's still eerie. So, you, so you'll feel that you'll feel that everything is, you know, very good qual- quality conversation. They're both very into each other. Of course, Nate is uh, has pretty much an upper hand here because he is still hiding under um uh, being anonymous while Jules is completely out there. So to see him in the back, sending his conversations and seeing Jules react to it and respond to it in real time, still pretty eerie because we're not hundred percent certain what Nate is going to do with this. If he's still going to be dangerous as dangerous as he was about to be in episode one, or if this is a true interest.
0: Yeah. Very, very fucking eerie. Uh, but, their, you know, commitment to each other is cute in a lot of ways. It's it's, it's Nate in a in a you know emotion that we haven't seen him at you know seen him deal with before in the show, and Jules just seems very much you know the same as she always is. You know, free spirit and, and very positive in a lot of ways, and and I think that that's a really cool, uh, way to juxtapose her next to Rue, who we'll talk about now. It is one episode or uh, I guess two weeks since the fentanyl uh incident from last episode uh mm-hmm. in in which she disappeared for 16 fucking hours um and this causes Jules and her and uh, Rue's mom to kind of put their foot down uh but I mean first with Jules pretty much saying you know Rue if you don't get clean I'm not gonna hang out with you anymore And I, and I think me and you both kind of predicted that this would be the case with her
1: yeah the one thing that I did appreciate about this scene a lot was the difference in conversation that you could have with a parent Compared to what you hear from a friend when it involves helping yourself out and dealing with certain situations and getting that type of advice to clean yourself up and make yourself a better person. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have experienced the conversation that we've had with a parent where they might be giving you um, this information and this advice that could help better yourself, and hearing it from a parent becomes so much of a different experience of what you're hearing and the advice that you're getting compared to when you hear it from a friend, especially from a friend that you start realizing yourself that you are beginning to have a lot of feelings for, or it could not, it couldn't it might not even involve feelings in that type of level at all. There's somebody that you truly respect as far as their opinion. And yeah. you see that when it comes to Rue discussing this with her mom compared to what Jules tells her when they're lying in bed. And she is very emotional when she says, I don't want you to kill yourself. Yeah. This I thought, thing is very serious.
0: And I, and I thought that was again, a great juxtaposition because you know, Jules own, I, I feel like Jules addiction is really just being in love hmm And Ruse is is kind of she's using Jules as a coping mechanism, which is again is unhealthy. And um I I really honestly feel like Rue does love Jules, but is not in love with her because the way she reacts in this is is very, very much, you know, the, the sign of an addict of, of using someone as a token where it's like, okay, this is the person that's keeping me clean if they don't answer me. I'm going to I'm going to spiral out. Uh, and again, yeah. you see a lot of these feelings with Rue throughout the episode, including uh, when she's when she's judging the dick pics that Nate is sending her. Uh, we get a really, really funny uh, aside on that. I really thought this was probably one of my favorite scenes in the show so far where she's judging the uh, the quality of dick pics. I, th- I think that's a very important uh, message that they need to be talking about here.
1: Yeah, I like the comedic uh, relief that Euphoria provides. Uh, and, and, and sometimes it's even just completely brief. It doesn't even have to be anything too long. They'll immediately jump into something comedic like this and tie it back into the story. And despite the fact that Rue is, is is taking a few minutes to discuss all the different types of things that people see when dick pics are sent and whatever's going on in the background of them and making sure that whatever you send is, of course, consensual and not a 100% fucking creepy, it goes back into the storyline of the fact that Jules is very interested in something that goes beyond what Rue wants. And Rue, you can start seeing that Rue truly does want Jules, and it's difficult to... Assist her and be and be very very happy for her in certain scenarios where Jules is finding love, mm-hmm. needs assistance in areas that she is not one hundred percent certain on, and uh, just wants somebody to talk to about it because Jules doesn't really have too many that she trusts in having this conversation with, especially relationship
0: wise outside of Rue. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean Rue's. I, again, credit to Zendaya's acting here throughout this whole episode. Um, her her look of annoyance is very palpable. I get it. I understand. No one likes to hear this type of shit. Uh, but these true feelings start to surface when she's helping Jules take uh, take nudes for Nate and and you know return the favor. Which again, we got some very cool uh, advice as to how to take these like pictures that probably Instagram honeys take. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could hold the have someone else hold the camera and. You could hold your arm out. I didn't know you could do that.
1: Yeah, no tripod. No tripod work. They're giving they're giving people the game, so pay attention.
0: Yeah, I'm paying way attention.
1: This this scene also again, I'm telling you, Jules and her talk game has, Rue, has Rue's has Ruse mind spinning. Big joke. <laughs> has <laughs> Jules has Ruse mind completely spinning? They finish whatever they have to do as far as the photos, and Jules remembers that it's been two weeks of Rue being completely sober since they had that conversation and, you know, gives her a, a a very excited hug, gives her a few kisses. And Rue is literally just like melting in the bed.
0: Yeah. So you see,
1: you see the happiness that Rue has being this close to Jules and, and and being so close to her in these types of intimate conversations, intimate sessions. Uh, But she has not been a hundred percent truthful on how she feels about Jules. She kind of represses that and her irritability that you see throughout the show, I thought it was just um, also a factor of her being two weeks clean. She has not been on any drugs, allegedly, since um, the fentanyl accident. and
0: They think it's, they think it's 60 days, which is <laughs> hilarious when she says it.
1: Exactly. She gets, she gets her 60-day badge and of course we've seen her on drugs since then, but I credited a lot of her irritability to trying to stay clean and, and having that um, fight of trying not to go back to any of those pills, any of those drugs that kept her calm and made her happy. And you see, after Jules, you know, um, hugs her, kisses her, and, and is very happy for her being clean. She wants, she needs to calm down because now she's completely enamored. So she goes downstairs to get a drink of water, turns around, and mm-hmm. she sees pills on the counter.
0: Yeah. sees the pills on the counter when she's getting water. Uh, again, I, I really chalk this up to her, you know, the first two weeks, you know, of, of being clean has to be the hardest. Mm-hmm. And you also can't be around, you know, you can't be around that type of stuff at all. You know, there, there's always that monkey on your back. When she sees all those pills, she goes in the fucking overdrive. But again, she takes she takes the pills, which I'm assuming is her father's pills, which were just left out, which is... Mm-hmm insane, uh, and takes them, goes home. But again, this is also unrequited, you know, feelings of, of, of love for, for Jules. And I mean, regardless of how happy she was, like you just described Mark, she knows that like, it's not, you know, it's not the way, it's not going the way she wants it to. And Rue begins using again, uh, very quickly, uh, goes to uh, her NA meeting is once again, lying to those people there, which I guess it makes it easy for her to lie in front of those people when she's high. And uh, she gets caught out, called out by Ali, one of the NA members who sees right through her. And, and he gives her a very cryptic warning where he's like, you know, are you willing to stop lying or are you willing to come with me and eat pancakes uh, and walks away. Uh, but we see we're starting to see Rue, I mean, in record time here, crack and slip here. She is literally going back to how she was and is also becoming like a pretty much like a puddle. In front of Jules, because she's seeing that you know she could possibly be losing her love interest. Because then that's when Jules pretty much announces that she's going to go meet with uh, Tyler slash Nate uh, by the river. Uh, she she does express how she's worried about her and uh, Jules t- again jug season. Jules ignores her, totally ghosts her mm-hmm. causes causes Rue to like go completely insane. Go up to J- to Jules' house and then we get the kiss. Rue kisses Jules. Jules is sort of sort of like, uh, what? <laughs> and Rue uh, pretty much leaves after that. What did you feel about this, uh, you know, this stretch of action for Rue's character here? When it came to
1: Jules, when it came to Jules and the conversation with Ali, first off, I love the fact that one of the few niggas that are on the show are the ones that can completely see through all of Rue's bullshit. And he sees it very quickly when he has this conversation with Rue. Pretty much just calls it out. You're faking being sober on here. You're having this conversation. He doesn't really put it out to anybody, but lets her know his information and says, "Whenever you're done pretending, come meet me. Love we'll pancakes. Yada yada yada." So now Rue's is still pretty irritable, mm-hmm. even more, more irritable because of the fact that there's somebody that is well aware that she's bullshitting in between um, Narcotics Anonymous <laughs> and. When she's go back when she goes back to school she has the conversation with Jules that Jules is now going to meet her and rue frustrated with the fact that Jules has been so carefree and so interested really in meeting up with uh, shy guy 118 in general she states that it is because she wants Jules to be safe she wants she she's very protective of her she cares about her a lot and does not want her to jump into too many difficult Um, Well, too many uncomfortable situations. We've already seen how Jules dealt with uncomfortable conversations when it comes to um, uncomfortable areas in general when she met Nate's dad in episode one. Mm -hmm. And Jules references that when Rue says that she doesn't want her being uncomfortable. And Jules says, I've been in areas... Where, that are way way more dangerous than what is going on with this and she states that she's going to meet him after the after the carnival i believe after the yeah. carnival and rue says don't you think that you should maybe meet him in public in front of people like not at nighttime meeting him after the carnival when there's nobody around and this is the beginning or one of the beginnings of the conversations that we have with Jules discussing her sexuality. When, yeah. When, when discussing her transsexuality, because she brings up the discomfort of not having the ability to be out in public and meet people like Rue does. Rue can, Rue can do it whenever she wants to, but people know that she's transsexual. She does not have the ability to do the things that other people do. And I did appreciate that conversation from Jules. Now, Rue doesn't really blink at that at all, but she, again, blames or chalks it up to the fact that she cares a lot about Jules. This pisses Jules off completely because it doesn't seem like Rue is being completely supportive of, at all. She, well, leaves, it's, she goes. It's gone.
0: also like one of the first moments where, you know, I think we even questioned it last episode. Did Rue know? And I think, I mean, we can pretty much guarantee that she does know at this point, but just doesn't care. hmm. And the way that they handle that, I, again, I, I do have to commend the show for handling it in a very delicate manner. And I, I know we're, we're you know, just a week away from the, you know, the Jules episode, so to speak. But uh, we, we've been building to this moment for a very long time. Mm-hmm.
1: And it, it, is, it is something that has been very appreciated. Um, thankfully, we see the area that Rue pretty much knows. But everything else that has been bothering her as far as her talking to shy guy and so on and so forth plays comes into a really anxious time. When she goes back to class, notices that Jules is not there literally goes to her house and is a mess in apologizing to Jules stating that they don't want to fight. She does not exactly want to fight. She has been very irritable. She loves her. Doesn't want to see these types of things, um, tear them apart. And Jules is completely understanding.
0: Yeah. uh, I mean, Again, it looked like Jules kind of pushed away from that kiss, right?
1: At first, at first she kind of see. At first she seemed kind of interested. At first she seemed kind of interested, but wasn't one hundred percent positive. And Rue completely leaned into it, and then Jules' jaw drops to
0: the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I mean, Jules. Jules I mean, and if, you know, from Jules' point of view, like her only interaction with people, her only relationship with people has been through apps, not through real human connection. So yeah, you know, she again, like I said, her addiction is is being loved and, 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 you know, having someone accept her, she, you know, for her and Rue to be best friends to her, that's just best friends, but she has someone that she feels as though it's like a, a unique connection with shy guy. I also don't think that, you know, she might, she is into girls also. Which could also be a thing. We we're not sure yet, but I I, I don't I don't think she is.
1: When it comes when it come, when it comes to Rue when it, when it comes to Rue and her and her interest in Jules, right? I feel like it could play. I feel like it could play both sides, and 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 Rue could be Rue could be trying to find the answers of that as of right now, because again, the feelings that she has for Jules has not been one hundred percent discussed. I feel like they've had. A good amount of time, just being best friends and being so close with each other. They took drugs together and 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 had so many quality moments where they trust each other in certain conversations. But she has not been a hundred percent upfront in when she says "I love you" to Jules. When she says "I love you" to Jules, and you notice this in the text that she sends when Jules is out and she goes home, she asks where'd you go, and after that. She wants to send I love you. She erases it and goes, love you. And then erases that again and puts a heart emoji. So it's it's still a hard topic for Rue to try and express her love in the ways that she actually feels it. And with time, it's going to be pretty difficult to try and still pretend to be best friends. And that conversation is going to have to come out one way or another in these next
0: couple of episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from there. Rue <clears throat> does leave off of the, the awkward <laughs> uh, after that awkward and exchange between those two. And uh, she goes to Fezco's house. Fezco who, I mean, may clearly still be uh, reeling from the incident from last, uh, last week's episode, but also taking a more hard stance. And, you know, we've seen how Fezco has felt about Rue's drug use for the first three episodes here uh, from the first episode saying, you know, I, I don't want to see, you know, die second episode, actually seeing her potentially, you know, be harmed and, and almost die. She goes up to Fezco to get more drugs. He says, you know, I can't help you shuts the door on her Zendaya. Once again, gives a tremendous performance here as Rue uh, set, basically saying, you know, Fezco, it's your fault that I'm this way. You know, you've ruined my love, my life. So help me fix it. Uh, keeps banging on the door, begging him to, to open the door, to give her drugs. He, and I got to come in Fezco here. For saying nope for not, not opening that damn door. Thank not, God. The the last jug possible on this show did not happen. He did not go for it. I'm i I fucking Fezco is the only person in Rue's life that will tell her no. Yeah. Which is insane. But he told her no. Uh but this leads Rue to call Ali and ask to go out for some pancakes, leaving the episode open-ended until next week. Very great ending to this this episode. Even though I wasn't, I was kind of unclear as to like what was going on in the middle of it here. Really have to say they nailed it at the end.
1: I was just, I was just so bothered. Not, not, not anything with the acting, but just the the fucking nerve, the nerve of Rue, the nerve of Rue to to blame Fez, and you start seeing her moral comp. All of a sudden, the fucking moral compass comes out, and and she is just letting Fez. Have it. He's a he's a dropout drug dealer. He has seven fucking brain cells. He's, he's selling he all this all. to
0: teens. But but he, he know he knows what junkies do. He knows how, yeah. how they talk. He knows that's what she's gonna do, and he cares enough about her to not you know choose her life over a paycheck at that point. And I thought that he again Fezco, MVP here.
1: And it's a it's it's just another voice in Rue's life that is reminding her this is going to kill you and the one avenue that Rue had that would actually let her off the hook and continue to make her feel better about these types of things has been Fez. Mm -hmm. They had the conversation in episode one where he says he really cares about you and he really cares about Rue and does not want her to go down a path where the drugs that he is giving her is going to completely damage her. These are drugs that apparently she cannot handle. She really cannot handle. Mm -hmm. And with this, she is just laying in anything that would piss him off enough to actually open that door, and he doesn't. She gets more hysterical, starts getting emotional, almost crying to the point, and she's just banging. The banging just gets louder. The banging gets louder. She's screaming. It's just,
0: it's... It, it's hard to watch. It really is it, hard to watch. Exactly,
1: exactly. It gets really, really uncomfortable. Once you get over the fact that she has some fucking nerve trying to call out... Fez for this type of situation, you start really seeing how bad having no drugs or even just the scenario of not having drugs for root is fucking scary mm-hmm. and she
0: can't handle it. Yeah. And, and using, again, she uses jewels as a coping mechanism. She uses jewels as kind of an addiction or a uh, placebo here where it's like, she you like that relationship to her is intoxicating to that point it does make her feel as though how she feels on those OCs and she doesn't have it anymore. So she she's back to using again, very like the show touches on just the, the how tough and how crazy it is to be a recovering addict or to try and recover and get clean. Rue didn't last two weeks, you know? Yeah. And it's now she is back to pretty much how she was in the summertime and, and it, it's looking very scary for her. And uh, next week, we get the realness. Uh, Mark, are you, are you ready for the Jules episode next week? It is, I would imagine that we're going to get the story behind her mother, her transition, and really the truth behind a lot of the things that we've been kind of left in the dark about. She's the only character on the show that we don't really know anything about uh, other than when she popped up into, into the city. Uh, but, I mean, there's a lot of stuff also happening in the next episode, the carnival begins uh mm-hmm. we, have to, we have to see what happens between uh maddie and nate and i guess the the meet between nate and jules is gonna it's gonna go down next week and you're gonna be here in la with me
1: i am very scared I, i'm still still very scared for jules <laughs> Still very scared of her duels. I'm going to really appreciate the backstory between her and her family because we've only had the conversations between herself, her dad. You see that they have a very good relationship, but uh, she has not given too much information on the rest of that family path, not even with Shy Guy 118. So to have that in episode four is going to be very appreciative. At I don't know if... Mark. Exactly. Already at the halfway mark of Euphoria. And who knows if the... Uh, family conversations that they're going to have for episode four eventually end up tying in to what Jules is going to do at this carnival and eventually meet Shy Guy team. They gave us this preview and you see Nate in a silhouette in the background, but that's all that they gave us for episode four. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what Nate's together. going
0: to do. We're, we're going to be watching together, bro. So, I mean, very excited to, to see what happens.
1: It's going it's going to be hectic. And one other thing that I would like to see from episode four, you have the end of episode three where Rue eventually gives in and calls Ali. We don't know exactly what Ali's actual intent is talking to Rue. Is it going to be um, somebody who we saw in episode two and as well as episode three? And is he going to be someone that helps get her down the path? of being clean and improving her life like he says it is going to be? Or could there be a scenario where he is also, or he has also been in that type of path that Rue is being in? Again, you hear him say you're playing pool. He, he had the line about, he had the line about you're playing pool. He pretty much, you're bullshitting with one of the best bullshitters yeah. that there is.
0: So the so question is, 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 pancakes, drugs, or is pancakes, pancakes? Pretty
1: much. I'm hoping pancakes, actual pancakes and not heroin. Because if it's heroin, I'm just going to feel so bad for real.
0: Hold on, let me Google pancakes. Drug, I think
1: it's heroin, right?
0: Drug. Well, but I thought pancakes dessert was pills. Ah, mm-hmm. pancakes dessert was was pills and uh, pills. Or is and,
1: it syrup? Si- oh, syrup. Yeah. Leave? Sarah.
0: Ooh, reference. Because I, I I know that from like old Beanie Siegel songs. Oh, uh, Rue's gonna be sipping purple. Nah. Yeah, I my mean pancakes with syrup was, was is uh, is coating cough syrup and yeah. That's actually scary. I, ho- I hope.
1: I don't want to see Ruwan Easter pink, bro. I <laughs> see <on> Easter <laughs> we don't want her to.
0: We don't really want her to live out what, what, what the, the theme of the show is. We don't. We don't want.
1: Yeah. That. Yeah. Exactly. I you don't want to see her on Easter, Easter pink, bro. But,
0: but we'll see about that next week. Uh, once again, this has been overly medicated, a euphoric look at HBO's Euphoria uh, with Justin and Mark. Until next week, uh, we're going to try and do this live next week, huh?
1: We're going to try and do this live next week. We're going to be in California. Or I will be in California, of course, for um, episode four. We're going to try and do this live. Our immediate reaction to episode four, which is going to be a very big episode in these eight episodes of season one, um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: I cannot wait, and uh, I'm sure you guys cannot wait to hear it. Uh, as always, follow us at RNC Radio Live. We have two new playlists for the month of January out right now. The R&B and RNC and RNC Radio podcasts are out. Uh, you will also be getting the A Show this week, and you will also be getting uh, a new episode of the Call Up this week as well. RSPN is on hiatus, of course. Uh, thank you once again to Mark and Jeff for your for your services uh, this NBA season. Yes, sir. And uh, until then, uh, we'll see you guys next week. We are, we're going to be very much like RNC cookout uh, hungover <laughs> by yes. next week. So uh, once again, you'll, you'll probably be seeing a lot of updates from the RNC LA trip uh, coming up this week. So uh, if you see us out in the streets or if you see us on Twitter and Instagram, say what's up uh, and we will talk. Oh, and,
1: guys- oh and, and, and hold on. Real brief, real brief. Big props to you for giving X. Go and give it to you a really good
0: platform yeah uh that's how how i ended with that very surprising
1: (laughs) they made they made they made dmx a very big point of the show and even had cat walking in going into class and actually playing it on her headphones i loved it
0: very old school i I love cat i mean you gotta you gotta appreciate kids that know the classics exactly so uh for for mark i am justin see you guys next week all right peace.